Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Tuesday, May 11th, 2021. I'm back in studio. Oh, shit. Uh, my vacation is over. It ended three days ago. I am back, ready to record face-to-face with Ty. And it feels good. You know, Ty, I listened to our last episode. Because it was really you, quiet. Well, you did all the work, and I thought the audio sounded fine. <sighs> it was quiet, but I mean, just the quality experience. It was good. It was People great. just turn up the volume, put their headphones in. It's fine. That's what I did. I went in my car and I was like, this is really quiet, but it sounds good enough to where I'm just not going to go back and fix it. Yeah. So. But it was fine. Yeah, it was good. I, Hopefully I was... it just doesn't auto skip to the next podcast when you're done and blow your eardrums out. <laughs> well, I usually post them a little low anyways because I, I don't know. I'm so worried about background noise. But today we are reviewing the movie I teased last week. The movie I actually watched before we recorded last week. That is Mitchell's versus the Machines. Um, not getting a lot of buzz, like not a lot of people talking about it. And it should. Quietly one of the best films of the year so far. I, I agree. Uh, we talked about Oscar Watch with, um, did, what did we talk about Oscar Watch with? Anything? I don't fucking remember. That's a great question. It wasn't. I think I talked about this movie being Oscar Watch. I think that's what I talked about. <laughs> We're just still talking about the same movie on but then Oscar I was Watch. Talking about Ray and the Last Dragon. It's Oscar Watch. Uh, it was supposed to be released in theaters a year and a half ago, pre-COVID. Got pushed back, name changed, all this stuff, and then it gets Netflix buys the rights, hundred and ten million dollars, and it has a ninety-seven percent Rotten Tomato, seven point nine IMDb, and like a really good Metacritic score, which is usually the toughest. Um, 
you know score that you can get yeah um produced by the same people made by the same people who made into the spider-verse one of the best animated films in recent memory and the lego movie which another fantastic animated film yeah so they have a great track record it was a great film i'm excited to talk about it let's get into the show I don't feel so good. Hulk! Smash! Hey, look up. You can put it on the board. Yes! All right, Ty, before we get into our movie review, I believe you have some Marvel news for me yet again. You just got movie news, man. Marvel, kind of. Marvel adjacent. Yeah. Well, no part of it is directly Marvel. Venom? Well, that's also technically Marvel. I'm talking about Drax, baby. Yeah. That's directly Marvel. That is directly Marvel. So I'll start there, Jay. Thank you. Um, Dave Bautista said he's done after this movie. After Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah, and assuming the Christmas special that goes alongside with it. People aren't giving that enough credit. <laughs> now, okay, so he tweeted out that, or said something, I don't know if it was a tweet or it whatnot, was. that you know he's done with the character and potentially they might recast. Now, there's a theory. Have you heard the Drax is dying theory? I have. That the color – now, I think this is a reach, but the color of the first film is the color of Groot, and Groot dies, even yep. though – does he really die? Um, he did, No. Can confirm. He died. Baby Groot's his son. Oh, shit. Really? That's, I believe, canon. It's like Groot actually died, but that little piece of him was like a new Groot. So a sperm from him. Yes. That's sick. His little branch nut. That's sick. Um and then the second film, there was the colorway of Yondu, and Yondu died in the second one. And then the third one, the colorway lightly looks like the Drax colorway. So it's like, oh, Drax is going to die with this one. I don't know if that's something they intentionally did. Like, hey, let's make the color of this fucking – and the first one, the Guardians of the Galaxy 1, that was kind of a stretch with, like, the group colors, I oh, thought. Oh, big stretch. Um, I don't think they're like, hey, let's make the color of our title card a character that dies, and a character is going to die every single movie. Yeah, um, and Dave Bautista did say Drax won't die in Guardians of the Galaxy three. Again, he could just be saying that because he's not going to outright come out and be like, "Yeah, they're killing him." It's like I'm fucking dead in this movie. <laughs> um, but that he's going to get recast, and it's because he says he's old. I guess. Yeah, he just said that he's like, it may not be the end for Drax, but it's the end for me. I'm like 56. I'm getting too old for this, which I just, I just don't believe. Dude's in great shape. He's in fantastic shape, and like, he's so good. And he likes he likes money. I think deep down he doesn't realize how fun it is to get a Marvel paycheck. <laughs> I I don't know. He's so good in that role, and obviously I'm a little biased coming up watching wrestling. Um, I I just hope he doesn't give it up. Yeah, I, I don't want them to recast it because if they do have plans for the character, they will. But maybe they don't. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do and how they wrap up the third movie, um, and what they do with those characters moving forward. Yeah. Because they're not going to kill them all off, but could they just kind of be background characters moving forward until team up films? Or I think they'll still have a somewhat big kind of presence. Guardians is huge, so as long as all yeah. the main actors are in it, I mean, which Dave Batista is one of them, and he's not, but as long as you know Chris uh, Pratt and Zoe Saldana and all them are into it, of course Brad Cooper and Vin Diesel are. They just have to lend their voices and get paid millions of dollars. Easiest job ever, um, especially in uh, Vin Diesel's case, but. <laughs> I don't know. I think they're so popular, they'll still play somewhat of a prominent role. They're kind of like an easy – I don't want to say easy, but kind of an easy property, I feel like, because they can kind of go do their own things, and they don't have to kind of interweave them into the overall storyline. Yeah. And then when something big happens, it's kind of like, oh, hey, look, they're back. Yeah, and 
I, I know James Gunn has had this trilogy planned out and like laid out. Like he's answering questions today about like uh, Guardians Two, where like a lot of the stuff he already had planned in Guardians One. Yeah. Like, like um, Star Lord's dad giving his mom cancer. Mm-hmm. Like he knew that when he made Episode One, and like his little hints towards it. Yeah. It's like he's had their trilogy planned out, no matter what happens. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do after this, and if they do use Drax again. I mean, I'm sure in the comics there's probably other characters that have filtered into the Guardians of the Galaxy ranks, and they could probably find someone new. I, I just uh, hope they don't recast the character Drax. But yeah, and I think you're right because they showed um, like Sylvester Stallone was in the second one, and like his team of people. I think yeah. those are the original Guardians. Oh, okay. In the comics, or they're at least a team, but I'm pretty sure that was like the original people or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe they add people. The initial roster consisted of Vance Astro, Martinix Tanaga, Captain Charlie 27, and Yondu Udanta. Later members included Stalker, Stalker Ogard, Ogord? I don't know what the hell that is. Alita Ogord and Nikki. Is Stalker Ogord just Star Lord? Oh. No, they look completely different. Okay. Um, so yeah, they they there's characters, there's canon they could work with, and wait, what was his name? Stalker, Ogard. That's who Sylvester Stallone played. Oh really? Yeah, I just looked it up. Later members include him, Alita Ogard, and Nikki. Just Nikki. Just nothing else. Just Nikki. N i k k i. Nicolette Nikki Gold. So um, and then they also have the Adam Warlock, which I mean he's kind of a bad guy and he's not really in the Guardians, but they could always twist some things if they really want to. I don't think they will, but they could. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, obviously, Dave Bautista isn't like done acting or anything. Um, he might just be done having to be in ridiculous, perfect shape to be shirtless <laughs> for the entire film. Oh, sorry to interrupt, but Adam Warlock is considered a modern team member of Guardians of the Galaxy. He joined the team in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Number 1, July 2008. Nice. Along the likes With the likes of Drax, Gamora, Rocket Raccoon, Star-Lord, Groot, Mantis... And a bunch of other ones like Cosmo the Space Dog. Fuck yeah. That dog's been in the Quasar, a.k.a. Martyr, Captain Marvel. Interesting. Maybe they just mix up the roster. Captain Marvel was part of um, Guardians of the Galaxy in the Marvel Now series. But so was Tony Stark and Agent Venom. I feel like they're both space people, but they have different vibes. Okay, they've just been some different. There's been so in the it's all like the Avengers, where just everyone's been te- part of the Guardians. <laughs> the all well, at least Adam Warlock's been part of the Star Lord Guardians, but the all new, all different Marvel in 2015 and 2019 had a um, group of Kitty Pride slash Star Lord. I don't. I guess that's the girl version of Star Lord. Thing, Ant Man, Beta Ray Bill, and Cosmic Ghost Rider. That's what we need. That'd be pretty dope. Cosmic fucking ghost rider bring back ghost rider but only in space he made his debut as thanos's right hand man in thanos number 13 on january of 2018 thanos was getting lonely so he joined up joined a biker gang Dude, cosmic fucking ghost rider <laughs> that's sick that's what we need in the guardians that'd be fucking cool um i don't know it's a bummer but i'm sure i don't know if they'll recast the character i feel like earlier in marvel's days they got away with it, especially when they had to move the franchises forward with Hulk and War Machine and all that. Um, now, with things more established, and especially the Guardians more established, they could find a way to either kill the character or just ride it off into the sunset. Um, 
it'll be a lot find harder a to new recast. member. Yeah. Um, cause it's like the Hulk, like it was a solo film and like they could recast kind of smooth to where some people didn't even realize like it was connected type thing. Well, they had to, it was so new in the franchise. Yeah. And, and the war machine thing, same thing like that. Their hands were tied. They obviously had plans for that character, but didn't want to pay him out the fucking ass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like Drax. I like Dave Batista. I do too. He's great. And I can't wait to see him in Knives Out 2, Jay. Yeah, I've never seen Knives Out 1. Oh, <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. Dead serious. I could have fucking swore you saw that. Nope. When we talked about it. Nope, never watched it. You need to watch it. We were going to make it one of Chris Evans' movies if uh, he went through in our March Movie Madness. Go listen to that if you haven't already. But he didn't make it through, so I didn't have to watch it. It's three ninety nine, Amazon Prime right. Video with well, a subscription. Riley owns I it on Vudu. So. Don't. Oh, you need to watch it. I started it once, got like two minutes in, then got distracted by something else. It's a fantastic film, Jay. Is it really, though? It seemed a little boring in the two minutes But I that's the thing, is it seems like it would be a boring film, and it's just wildly entertaining and fun. Wildly entertaining and fun. Yeah. Isn't there like a big twist in it everyone always talks about? Maybe. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> you need to watch it, because it's a great film. But basically, Daniel Craig just plays like a detective. Yeah. And it's a, it's a mystery going on. Is it like Clue? No, kind of, but no. Okay. And he's just a detective, and I think Knives Out 2 is just going to follow his character, solving a new mystery a with new a new group oh, okay. of people. And Batiste is one of them. Yeah, he's part of the new family. First, they had Captain America as part of the first family. Yeah. Dave Batista is part of the second family. That's pretty sick. They're just going to keep going. Robert Downey Jr. is going to be the guy who dies in the third film. <laughs> oh, so someone dies. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a fucking murder mystery, Jay. You thanks find that for, out very early Thanks for on. spoiling that for What me would time. he be detecting? I don't know, purse theft? <laughs> no one goes to check for, like, assault and battery. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've never seen it. I've heard great things. Uh, I probably should go see it, and I will go see it at one point. Or I shouldn't say go, but I will see it at one point uh, before Knives Out 2 comes out, so I'm up to speed. Good. Then we can so watch I, think I, have some, I think I have some time, though. Because we will be reviewing this movie when it comes out. It's only got a 97, 82% Metacritic, 7.9 IMDb. Best Picture nominated. That's it. Was it really nominated for the Best Picture? Don't hold me to that, but yeah. <laughs> you can't just throw those things out and not know it's high. It was a part of like the really good group of movies that like I think it was, but I'm not uh, 100%. It got nominated for Golden Globe Best Picture. It also got nominated for Original Screenplay for Oscars. Yeah, Screenplay. That's it. That's still good. That's one of the big awards, I think. Fantastic. I don't really understand like the big awards, like Best Screenplay versus like Best writing and all that shit it's like our patent pending movie scale it's just whoever scores 20 in story got it whoever had the best story that's screenplay so when an we original do... screenplay is like an all-new thing an adapted screenplay is like from a book or something so when we do our oscars next year are we gonna have different categories like this oh of course jay cool um yeah i'm excited for it um another movie i'm excited for ty kind of i don't know venom let there be carnage yeah, that sounds right. Um, they dropped the first trailer only in theaters. They made sure you saw that at the end. Um, I didn't even see it, but <laughs> so they obviously didn't make sure enough. September twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. It's gonna be a birthday movie for me, oh. birthday weekend or something. Um, I just recently watched the first Venom for our March movie madness. I'm hoping that the symbiote looks much better in this film than the first film. It will. Um, and look, they got all the backstory out of the way, and they could just have fun with uh, Ed Norton. 
and mm, Venom. Nope. Not Ed Norton. That's Tom a, Hardy. That was um, Hulk. <laughs> Tom Hardy, not Ed Norton. Um, and I'm really excited. I feel like – I don't know why, but I feel like they're going to fumble the bag with this one. But I'm really it, excited for Woody Harrelson's character. It the feel, potential of it. It feels like a hit or miss. Yeah. 100%. It's either going to be a lots of fun or just an awful film. Oh, shit, Ty. Now, this is Google, and they always do sh- weird shit on Google where people aren't even in the cast that are in the cast. They said Tony Stark was in – or Robert Downey Jr. Is was going to be in Captain Tom Marvel. Holland? No, J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson. Oh. No, I think that's confirmed. Because they're setting up the whole kind of teasing the Sony-Marvel mix-up, Sinister Six, but on the Sony side of things. we You know, we obviously saw um, Michael Keaton's character – help me. Vulture. Vulture. In the Morbius trailer, which Morbius should be coming out soon, is it not? It got it got delayed into oblivion. Um, so they're obviously setting that up. J.K. Simmons, January twenty first, twenty twenty two. J.K. Simmons is a very easy way to very easy character to integrate in this film if they want to do it because you know Tom Hardy's character kind of had that news background. Yeah, absolutely. In the first one, so this could be a case. He was a reporter. That was his fucking yeah. thing. This could be a case where maybe Tom Hardy, because he's working on the story at the end of Venom One of Woody Harrelson's character Cletus Cassidy, maybe he's working for J. Jonah Jameson. Maybe at the end he's like, "Hey, I got a story to pitch," and you see J. Jonah Jameson's story uh, chair turn around. He's like, "I got a better story for you, kid." I don't mean to blow your mind. What Eddie Brock works for J. Jonah Jameson usually. That sounds about right. That's how Spider Man and him meet because Peter Parker and Eddie Brock don't like each other. Spider-Man and Venom don't like each other. Venom joins Eddie Brock and like, we really don't fucking like this guy. <laughs> That's the whole point of it. Yeah, so they're That's probably... In, in Sam Raimi's shitty Spider-Man 3, he works yeah. at the Daily Bugle. Yeah. So they'll probably do something like that. Because it looks like they're leaning towards this whole Marvel-Sony kind of mashup. And there's been some people with some uh, fine eyes on Twitter that I've seen that the newspaper... It looks like... I don't know for certain, but it looks like it says Avengers in the newspaper headline. It looks like it says Avengers, and then in the same headline, it looks like it says Nightmare, who's rumored to be the villain in Doctor Strange. Oh, I didn't see the Nightmare part. Yeah, so it just feels set up if Wanda and Doctor Strange are fucking up Nightmare. In this whole multiverse. They're going to be like, those are the Avengers fucking up Nightmare or something, which is how these continuities connect now. Well, because the theory's been they're going to open up this multiverse. That way, Tom Holland could pull double duty pretty much. Um, He's going to be a busy man if they or, do this. Fuck, what if it's to the point they don't even do a multiverse? What if Sony's like, hey, just let our characters exist in your universe so we can make more money? Yeah, just pull us in. And like, You like, don't have to worry about our guys. We'll use your guys. Make you a little bit of dough. I don't know. I, it could be something like that. They could do this whole multiverse thing. So Doctor Strange releases first, right? Before Spider- or after Spider-Man. Spider-Man's first? Spider-Man 3? Yes, Spider-Man's this year for Christmas. Doctor Strange is next year, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm going to – we just talked about this but last But Venom's bef- before? Venom's yes, before September. both of those, so which is I an think issue. That is an issue. I think – I don't think we're going to get this whole crazy multiverse shit in Spider-Man 3. I think it'll still be his story, wrap up that trilogy, and then if they do this whole fuck-up thing that we've been talking about since WandaVision, it'll happen Doctor Strange – and then it could impact the future Spider-Man movies and whatnot. I don't know if this third Spider-Man is going to be the one where we're like, oh, shit, Venom's in it. And, oh, shit, um, Morbius is in it and all this stuff. Especially not if Morbius is releasing after Spider-Man. No yeah. way. Yeah. I, I feel like this Venom's going to be Carnage. And that's the focus point is Woody Harrelson and his Carnage character. Yeah. And then we're going to get Morbius and that's going to have Vulture in it. And we're going to get some tie-in together. 
And then after that, third Venom is a Spider-Man versus Venom. Sinister Six, whatever the fuck you want to call it. That would do bits, bro. Third Venom's just Sinister Six, and it's just Tom Holland, Spider-Man, now in their universe. Versus all of these villains who are now in the universe together. That would fucking be sick. So I I feel like they'll definitely hint and tease at it in in Venom. Yeah. But I don't think anything's going to happen, and I also don't think it'll be prominent in Spider-Man 3. So Spider-Man 3, the ending, because it's No Way Home, because everyone knows his identity. Yeah. Something happens, or whatever. because he's in a different multiverse and he has no way home now. Because I don't think that's going to happen yet because I think the multiverse thing is going to happen with Doctor Strange, which is the film after that. <laughs> but at the end of Spider-Man three and credit scene, him being in the multiverse like a tease. We love writing end credit scenes. Fuck yeah! It's going to be like him in a different city where they don't know who he is. That's how you know it's a different multiverse. So something's going to oh. happen. The movie's going to happen. Blah blah blah. Whatever happens in the movie, it's going to be good. And then the end credit scene. You're going to see something happen where Tom Holland, like, whatever, is going to be very vague. And then he's, like, walking down the street, like, worried, like, oh, shit. And then no one recognizes him. And he's like, what the heck? And that's how, like, all the diehards know, like, oh, fuck, he's in a different multiverse. That picks up Doctor Strange in the next movie. The beginning of it is this whole fucked up thing. And you could just explain it that Spider-Man somehow got sucked into it somehow. That'd be pretty fucking cool. That's my end credit scene I'm writing for Marvel. That'd be pretty fucking cool, Jay. Like, (laughs) his life's just destroyed. Yeah. And at the very end of the film, like, he, everyone knows who he is. He's fucked. Very end of the film, he's just, he's walking down the streets of New York, and someone's just like, get out of the way, kid. Yeah. And it's a subtle way to sh- show, like, we don't know who the fuck you are. Yep. You like that? I like that a lot. Thanks, Ty. And then you just see, it, it's Eddie Brock who bumps into him. He's <laughs> like, get out of the way, kid. <laughs> and then he's immediately like, I don't like that fucking Eddie Brock guy. And it just it just lays the groundwork for the rivalry. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Um, I don't know. They, we've been, all this should have happened by now, or at least it feels like it should have because of COVID. So it's just been no, it exciting. absolutely should have. Doctor Strange was supposed to drop three days ago. Oh shit, really? And then Black Widow was supposed to drop three days ago, and they just all been delayed. We should have already seen Doctor Strange Day. That's fine. It's gonna be great <laughs> when it all pays off. I'm excited for what they do. Um, but like I said, we touched on a little bit. Woody Harrelson, very hit or miss. Um, that's going to define this movie, I think, is if he is this crazy fucking sinister guy that he could be, badass. Correct. But if he's just a cuckoo who gets out of jail and then he's just destroying shit and it's like you don't have this compelling character anymore, it's going to be like, all right, there's a lot of missed opportunity there. Yeah, and I also feel like, I mean, the first movie it was just like random other monster who looks like villain yeah. or who looks like Venom as the villain. Yeah. And this, again, I don't know like the big differences for – for like the comic books between carnage and venom but how many venom movies are we gonna see where he just fights different color palette venom (laughs) (laughs) like i need good human stuff behind the villain that's why woody harrelson could help a lot because the first guy was just an insert bad guy yeah who gets a symbiote and is now the villain yep woody harrelson big casting big name good actor hopefully he can make this movie better i think he will but ty your your question is how many times can i see venom fight another color venom uh, maybe that's twice because maybe the third one is him against spider-man who gets a little bit of the symbiote and becomes black suit spider-man and it's three times and he dances down the street and yeah or whatever the fuck gets a haircut did. <laughs> jesus christ i'm excited <laughs> uh, i'm excited for this i'm excited for morbius i'm not so excited about black widow but it's okay we got marvel stuff i'm excited for loki i'm just excited how was the uh did i i don't know if we talked about this on the pod real quick before we get in our movie review how is the season finale of invincible did we talk about this? I don't think we did. 
Was it good? It was fucking fantastic. It just made me very happy. Season two. And I'm very bummed. Uh, it's two and three confirmed. Oh, okay. They're just like, this is a fucking hit and we're going to keep pumping out content. Nice. It's the first time I've ever actually contemplated buying like the source material and just reading. Wow. Like the Invincible stuff. Because it's been so much fun watching it and I don't want to wait two years to see the next two seasons. That's how I felt when I watched that one upload show. As dumb as that show sounds. It was pretty good. <laughs> You're just like, I want to see everything this has to offer. Yeah, I was like, I just can't wait till season two. It was written by Jeff Daniels, and nothing's came out yet. That's tough. Uh, who? Invincible. Is that a new comic? I'm looking it up now. Yes. Uh, New-ish, 2003, for sure. 2002. Invincible first appeared in a preview as part of the Savage Dragon in 2002, before graduating to his own self-titled regular season in 2003. Okay. It's just so good. The story's fantastic. It's entertaining. It's like a... like. Each episode has its own little thing going on while telling an overarching story after the episode one bomb that drops. Yep. And it's just so good. And then after episode one, I mean, after the first season, like, they leave shit open-ended. But, like, you can continue on telling new stories with other shit still looming. And it's going to be so fucking good. Oh, shit. J.K. Simmons is Omni-Man? Yeah, and he's fantastic. Wow, I didn't even know. I didn't realize that the first... J.K. Simmons is, like, one of the best voice actors. Like, he's in a lot of shit. Him and Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill's yeah. also in this. <laughs> he is in this, yeah. Rose. Very small role. Art Rosebaum. Yeah, he's in a small role. I mean, I, I can just say, he makes the super suits. No, yeah, he's in episode one. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's just the tailor. Oh, Zazie Beetz plays Amber Ben something. She was the girl from Deadpool 2. Yep. And Joker. He's got a good cast. The mom is, uh, she was the Grey's Anatomy actors. Seth Rogen? Seth Rogen appears as a smaller character. Alan the Alien? Yep. Um, Jason Mantzokis? I know his face. He's, uh, he's the guy from Red Big Mouth. Explode. Too. He's the kid who fucks pillows in Big Mouth. Andrew Rannells. He's funny. I don't know which one he is. He was... Ugh. I say he was funny because he – oh, the character he was was um, William Clock something, C-L-O-K-C. Uh, he was the one good part of the prom. I think that's why I said he was funny. Um, let's not forget oh. I gave the prom a 70 out of 100, and I regret it every day of my life. That's a terrible film. I You got to go back and change one of your scores. I think I need to go back and change that score because that's just criminal. What did I give it? Do you have it pulled up? No, I don't. I'll pull it up right now. It was like low 60s, so I, I you didn't give it a terrible score, but I definitely gave it way too high. <laughs> I gave it a 57. Yeah. You I gave too much credit to the musical numbers, I remember. And can you name sing me one song? Love Thy Neighbor. <laughs> I didn't even like that song. That song sucks. Yeah. You know, sometimes you make mistakes, Ty. It's okay. What I'm not going to make a mistake on, though, is the Mitchells versus the Machines, because I love this movie, and I don't care how high I rate it, you can't tell me it's too high. Even if I give it a hundred, to each their own. Definitely not getting a hundred. Um, what's our synopsis, Ty? Jason, our synopsis for Mitchell's versus the Machines is a quirky, dysfunctional family's road trip is upended when they find themselves in the middle of a robot apocalypse and suddenly become humanity's unlikeliest last hope. Yes, that's that's. Sometimes they suck. This one's pretty good. Yeah. So she's going to college. Dad wants to connect her with her a little more. They don't have a great connection. Nope. Road trip. Go on a road trip. During the road trip. Just bonding. Apple in this universe reveals a robot to be your bitch, pretty much. Eric Andre fucks up. Yeah, says, 
oh, they're not going to be evil. Oh, shit, they're evil. Taking over the universe, getting all – or taking over the Earth, getting all the humans, sending them off into space. Fuck them. Yeah. And the Mitchells are somehow avoid them and are humanity's last hope, as the, you mentioned. The only humans who avoid them. I mentioned earlier, 97 Rotten Tomatoes, 7.9 IMDb. Uh, Metacritic was 81. Yeah. Again, very high for Metacritic. That is a bright-colored green for Metacritic. Um. Yeah, it is. Universal acclaim based on 30 critic reviews. It's a very fun movie. Yeah, and it's, like I said, it's produced or is made by the same people who did Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, some of the producers were big producers on the Lego movie. Okay. Oh, God. Um, as you You're alluded sneezing? to. What? I was about to. I didn't to, even know what was away. happening there. It's coming you back. You just had a stroke. <laughs> it's co- oh, gosh. Um, they also did uh emoji movie which is bad but cloudy the chance cloudy with the chance of meatballs and other great films uh the worst score i see on metacritic for this film is a 58 um that's pretty good for it being the worst score it's not even that bad of a score i mean they only have three scores under 70 that's one point higher than i gave the prom even the worst score still beats the prom (laughs) not Uh, only that got two hundreds like the people who made it have a great track record but the fucking cast yeah, it's a great cast. Incredible. Abby Jacobson, she's done, um, I don't know if you've seen Enchanted. Yeah. Um, like the Simpsons guy, but yeah. in olden times. Mm-hmm. Danny McBride. Disenchantment. Is it Disenchantment? Yeah. Yeah, Danny McBride, Maya Rudolph, Eric Andre, um, Fred Armisen, Chrissy Teigen, John Legend. Blake Griffin. Blake fucking Griffin, Conan O'Brien. Doug the Pug. Actual dog that apparently, I, I'm just guessing they put <laughs> him in the I call bullshit. Yeah, I don't know how they've actually cast Because some of those noises were not noises a fucking dog would make. That sounds like a fake dog noise, and they just wanted the... Doug the Pug made, like, two noises, and they're like, all right, we could cast him. We could say he's on the cast now. Yeah, no, 100%. And they probably just kind of used him vaguely for, like, their character model. Yeah. And we're like, okay. How the fuck does Doug the Pug get an acting credit on a movie like this? You know how many hardworking people in Hollywood are pissed right now? I mean... Name an actor who's struggling. Melissa McCarthy's husband would have fucking killed for this dog roll. Would have fucking killed for it. <laughs> oh, Ty, you're fucking funny. Um, yeah, man. It, it, it was funny. It was a, a good family narrative, a good little sci-fi flick mixed in. It was a little bit of a lot of stuff. Um, look, man, I liked it. Once we get When we get into our plot slash story grade out of 20, I'm gonna give a spo- actually. I'm not gonna give you a spoiler. I'm gonna say I gave it a 15. It's not a spoiler. It's just a score. Well, I was gonna give a spoiler about my score, about the rest of my scores, but I'm not going to. 15 is my score. Also gave it a 15. Um, it's a fine, good story. Um, it's kind of we've seen this kind of like robot takeover thing again, but done in its own way. Done, seen the family road trip thing before. Yep. Done in its own way. Um. And it, it's unique enough, and it moves the story along, and you're not going to get this incredibly written kind of deep. Some parts are deep, but just like no big twists, no big turns, nothing like that. Just kind of a run-of-the-mill kind of adventure kind of story, and it it had its beginning, middle, and end. It had its you know big climax, last 30, 40 minutes. Emotional moments. Had some callback moments you know that they set up earlier in the film and stuff like that, and it, it was what it was. Yeah, it's it's not nothing you haven't seen before. Yeah. But it's a great execution on mm-hmm. stuff you've seen before. Yeah. Um, like you said, like we've seen the family road trip. We've seen a robot takeover. Like it's not unique. It's just they use all these things 
to the height, like the best of their ability to where it's not new and unique, but the movie feels unique and new in its own way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, 15's fine, but it's not the best part of this movie. Spoiler alert. Well, and you're not going to get some deep existential plot or anything in a, in a family movie. I wouldn't say this is a kid's movie. There's a difference between kids movies and family movies. Pixar makes family movies. Um, you know, and then there's kids movies. Like I, I, what's a kids movie? Just a dumb, like the Mickey mouse clubhouse movie. I don't know. Um, time out, time out. There's some there's little there's kids movies. Norm of the North. <laughs> that was fucking terrible. <laughs> and then there's family movies and you're not going to get and that's what makes a movie like to call back another movie on our movie ranking scale like a movie I liked my best uh highest rated animated movie besides Wally, Soul, because it kind of had some depth to it that most animated films don't have and I think that's why I gave like the story such a high and for some kids, it might not be as entertaining, but it really had like this deeper kind of meaning. That's not what this movie needed. What's up? I will I will discuss afterwards, but there's a funny trend in my scores. All right. Um, so it was good. It, this was fine. It did what it had to do. It didn't have that deeper meaning. You don't really need it. It was exactly what it had to be. And for that reason. Oh, wait, never mind. This is a different category. Uh, visual slash cinematography, <laughs> Tyler. What'd you give it? 20. Really? I yes. I gave it an 18. I gave it a 20, man. I if you go back and listen to our podcast and look at the movies I review, I don't have any animated movies on my new sheet I created to keep track. Yeah, I actually do have too. one. I reviewed Into the Spider-Verse after this just to see how it compared. Um I gave that a 20 as well. Yeah, that's um, fair. I give and just anyone who remembers, I give a lot of animated movies twenties because the animation is just so good now. And the reason I like this one is it was different. It was like unique, like they had like weird kind of texturizing on it a little bit. Yeah, but they sure. also had like the the it was kind of told through the the girl's character whose name I can't think of right now. It was told through her lens and kind of her quirky filmmaking style. Uh, Katie Mitchell, Katie Mitchell slash Dog Cop. That's so. interacting thing. <laughs> So she's a filmmaker. This is what I loved about what they did in this movie. She's a filmmaker, and she has this really quirky filmmaking style that her dad can't understand. This film was presented in that same kind of quirky filmmaking style. Like it was literally told by her. Absolutely agree. I thought that was fantastic, and I gave it a fucking 20 for it. Yeah. I I mean, 18 is a great score, too. Um, It is animated fucking great, like most movies are. Which is why it's hard to get a good score in an animated category because most animated films look fantastic. Um, the thing you have to do is make your own unique twist on it. Yep. And they absolutely did that with their animated style. The The characters aren't super, super unique. Yeah. They are their own thing. Like, it's not like you've seen it before. Yeah. Um, They look good, but it was the way it was shot. Like you said, it's shot from her perspective and she narrates parts and... There's the one scene where the dad's like screaming. She's like, this reminds me of this video. And it's like the baboon or something <laughs> going over his face. Yeah. Like cut back and forth. I mean, fucking dying of laughing. And that's just how it was shot. And like their choice to actually do yeah. shit like that in this kind of movie. Like it was very funny and very well. I, I Key elements is funny. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the way it was shot and them making those artistic choices to be like, this is our character who's a film nerd and does shit like this. And we're going to make our movie how we think our character would make our movie. Which hurts your brain to think about. Yeah. But if they did it. Yeah, well, it's just because, it, you know, it said in the post-credits, because we watched some of the credits, and it talked about, like, it was supposed to be the Michael Rianda, the guy who directed it. It was kind of like 
loosely based off his family. Mm-hmm. And he was probably the Katie of his family. You know, yeah. him being a filmmaker, he probably had the same quirky filmmaking strategy and everything. So this was probably his way of telling the story, which also coincides with like Katie's way of telling the stories in this, you know, fictitious universe. And I don't know, 20, maybe I could have given an 18. Maybe I could have given a 19. Again, I, I, I was in a great state of mind when I did this movie review. I don't hate that 20 <laughs> because it's a fun film for me. The only thing is, like, I really appreciate when animation does the the rain scene from Toy yeah. Story 4 or the good dinosaur where it's, like, I feel like I'm watching an actual film and they animated it. Yeah. This wasn't that realistic with, like, the nature and regular stuff. It was more the artistic style that gave it the rest of the points for me. Yeah, for um, sure. But I respect the 20. I, I don't have a problem with it. Thanks, Ty. I appreciate that. There's a lot of high numbers on here. Well, yeah, let's get to key elements because that's a 20. <sighs> wow, I gave it lower, so we flip-flopped. I okay. gave it an 18. I this is a funny family film and That's I was laughing hilarious. the entire time and I felt emotional and it was fucking it it was exactly what it wanted to be. It was so fucking funny, dude. Oh my god, the dog was fucking great when he shook I, instead I just, of coming. Victor, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That's great wording. <laughs> um, I, I have to say it was Victoria's favorite part of the film. Every time that dog just showed up on fucking screen, she laughed. It was great. Um, but it was just everything was so funny. Like I said, that scene with the dad and the fucking baboon going back and forth. Like I was laughing out loud. The fucking the kid, the brother with his like vulture eyes at the end. when He's like looking out for the, the watch or whatever while she's driving. <laughs> that was stupid. The part where they see John Legend's family do that like intricate battle thing where they like roll over each other's back <laughs> and, and, they, shit, try and they try to do it and they just eat shit. And <laughs> there, there was just it was funny. It, it was really funny. And like the two little robots that kind of flip and are on their side, yeah. like they're funny throughout yeah. the film. <laughs> Draws a tear on his face and stuff. <laughs> like I, I had a blast watching this movie. And it's not just funny. Like it's it's not adult humor. Like it's family humor that like everyone will find funny. Yeah, yeah we're gonna be the crudest humor people. Like we love crude humor. Yeah. And we thought this family funny humor was great. Yeah, like, it, that just Victoria shows how good it is. And executed. you thought it was funny. Yeah, that's a rarity. She yeah. fucking hates Anchorman. <laughs> um, the only reason I gave it an 18 because of a 20, and I maybe I'm being stingy, and it makes up for the visuals. I mean, it balances out. But it was sad, and the whole mother-daughter kind of connection thing was very sad. And I, I teared up. I welled up. Riley cried. Um, I, I just – I've seen it. I've been more emotional. I think that's why I didn't give it a full 20. Is like that Pixar. It's really that Pixar punch. That's what these things. That's yeah. what a twenty is. Is that that sobbing from the up scene or from Toy Story three? That maybe is the nineteen twenty. Um, maybe being a little stingy there, but so that's fair. I think you're you're weighing it more towards like the family emotional aspect, yeah. and I'm more. It was fucking hilarious. But with the emotional stuff, the scene of the dad and he has that little fucking moose or whatever, and then you find oh, out like his, part of his. I just got chills. Yeah, keep going. Well, you found out like he has his cabin. And, like, that was his dream, and he always wanted to live in the woods, and, like, there were small hints dropped about it. And then in the video, she's watching a video and finds out, like, he gave up his dream for her life. Yeah. To, like, give her a life, and that's, like, why he is the way he is. Like, that fucking was a gut punch. And the moose was this last it was part, part of the, the cabin yeah, that he gave to her. part of the cabin. Her. That was his baby. Yeah. But then she's his baby. Yeah. That, it was emotional, it man. Was. Maybe if I – I feel like if I was a father and I watched this movie – or, like, I didn't have a good connection with my parents. I feel like, not saying, you know, I'm not, that sounds like I said you don't, but I don't know. I felt like, I feel like maybe I would have resonated more. I don't know. I It was sad. Don't get me wrong. I was welling now, up and stuff. Question, Jay. You watched this on vacation? Yeah. I watched it with Barker right down at my feet, and I was like, son, <laughs> you didn't have Maurice with you. <laughs> That's true. No, I, I, it's just, it was very funny, and the emotional stuff hit. And I'll be honest, I don't know what it was. 
I mean, this has no effect on the score either, but like the post credits where you actually got to see people's family. Yeah. That made me a little emotional. It's like, <laughs> this is a family film and this is all these people who put so With much time family. and dedication into yeah. this. And like, it took away time from this, but it was like a dedication to their family while they were making it. Yeah. I was like, I got a little teary eyed in credits. <laughs> I was like, this is cool to see everyone's family, not just the people who worked on it, but the, their loved ones too, yeah. who were their inspiration for making this. <laughs> Hit me in my feels. Yeah, man. I mean, like I said, I I am fine with the twenty two. It it was good. It was, it was good, man. It was good. It movie. just it hit on the funniest and the sadness, and it like it's not even. I just can't get over actually how funny it was, and I hate when we talk about funny things and we can't think of every funny moment in the film. But it's like you get funny tidbits in Pixar movies, like the Keen Peel characters or whatnot. But this was like the whole thing. Like it's nonstop. Like, I don't think you sit watching for two minutes without laughing. And it's not like they're throwing a bunch of shit against the wall and hoping something stick. It's just like naturally funny. It's like they're funny without trying. And it's, that's or, it's organically big. funny. Yeah. yeah. It's not forced attempts and shooters going to shoot. And some of them land, some of them don't like it's organic. The way they do the storytelling with the shit that pops up on screen with, just the dialogue and everything like it's organically naturally yeah. funny and relatable for people like it's relatable it's a family humor type thing yeah. like everyone's been in situations where shit like this has happened and it's funny and enjoyable yeah um it, it's a 20 for that for me i love it yeah it was good uh characters tie <sighs> 16 i had originally added a 16 i bumped it up one to a 17 okay um i i like all the characters in this there's not a weak spot of this film I thought every family member kind of had their own interesting dynamic kind of because the whole thing is it's a weird family. You know, you have the dad and the daughter relationship, you know, which is kind of the main storyline. But then you also have the mom and the son kind of being in the corner of both like like kind of like boxing coaches trying to talk him out of it. And the loving mom and kind of the weird brother, the um, weird brother. And he like his, his connection to his sister, too. Like, yeah, that wasn't lost either. Yeah, and I thought they were great. I thought all the side characters were great. You know, as short as they were, the John Legend family kind of being the perfect family. And, you, you know, it turns out the Mitchells Very are the ones saving casting the world. Too. I appreciated the casting as like, oh, the perfect family is fucking John Legend, Christy <laughs> Deegan. That was funny. <laughs> um, you know, the robots were great. You don't have a super compelling villain in this. It's, it, it is what it is. It's just kind of that part of it's not really what they're aiming for. You know, it's the whole technology thing. Um but, you know, I like the character. Again, they were genuinely funny. They were genuinely heartfelt. And they felt like actual people kind of – and they really were, I, I'm guessing, based on, the, you know, the director's vision. But real people kind of put in an animated form and just – I thought it was really good. I gave it a 16, little low because I was like, oh, it's animated. They don't have to actually really act. But I loved – there wasn't one person I hated in this movie. So I bumped it up one. Now, with that being said, the villain is who I was like, that's just a douchey Eric Andre, and it's just a generic villain, and yeah. the phone being the big bad, and like, it, yeah. <laughs> Which was kind of weird, because, like, the phone was the big bad, but the robots turned evil, like, 30 seconds after he threw the phone in the trash. Yeah. Just instantly was like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> We're killing everyone now. <laughs> um. It was what it was, and maybe there's this deeper kind of meaning about technology and all that stuff, and, you know, the dad's an outdoorsy man, and outdoorsy man. Um, oh. But I thought it was good. I thought Katie was a great lead character. Um, did you get the, the hint at the end, and this doesn't really affect the score, I don't think, you know, but that the LGBTQ representation yeah, in she the had, film? she had like a rainbow badge on her sweater the whole time and everything, too. I, I didn't pick that up, but just when her yeah. mom was like, oh, are you guys, you know— 
official or whatever she said. Yeah. Um, just subtle things like that, getting things, you know, like we saw the onward. It was the police officer mentioned, like, her wife or something. Um, little subtle things like that. You know, it shouldn't have to be subtle, but it's. I'm glad that they're at least moving in the right direction with those things. Yeah, and I really appreciate, like, it was a thing, but it wasn't the thing. Yeah. It's not Love, Simon, where the movie is, he's gay. Yeah. It's... Yeah, she's a gay character, and so what? Like, we're just going to fucking tell our story because that's just how they're just going to live their lives. Like, yeah. it wasn't the story. I appreciated that. I did. Yeah. Um, we we both picked up, me and Victoria picked up on it early on. I and she called it, and then it was like, oh, are you in, I, I can't remember the other girl's name, but like, official, is she coming for dinner? <laughs> 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 this has been a phrasing episode. Um, no, I liked that. I, I really liked, like you said, all the family characters and everyone besides the villains, though. Yeah. Um. They they each felt it wasn't like a a tone type thing with the family. It was they were very unique ident like uh, individual personalities that yeah. all meshed together, which felt very realistic. Yeah. You know, like in a family environment, like these are individual people with individual things who can come together. Um. I I appreciated it. Um. It's really hard to get really really good character score for me for yeah. animated. I, yeah, I maybe for sure. I am a little stubborn on it. I mean. 16 still pretty fucking good. Yeah, pretty good fucking score. Um, I liked my mom. The mom's favorite scene was when they were the boy started crying or whatever because they captured her. And then she just went full ape shit. <laughs> and where those robots actually became like scared of her. That's fantastic. She was so fucking. And that's unrealistic. It's stupid. But it's so funny because it is like the stereotype, you know, like you piss off a your mom. You know, a mom sees her child in distress. She just goes next level. She becomes a fucking assassin. Yeah. <laughs> just slicing fucking robots apart. That mom could have fucked up Michael B. Jordan's character and without remorse. Uh, yeah, it's a if fight. Michael B. Jordan fucked up that kid. It's a fight. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, that's even odds. There is no underdog. <laughs> um, so 16-17. Or, yeah, 17-16. Enjoyment tie? High. It's an 18 for me. It was 17. I... And you know this is how I, I liked it. I already kind of want to rewatch it. Yeah, that's that's a big fucking deal. It's a fun, fun, easy-to-watch movie, too. Riley, like it flows so well. Yeah, Riley downloaded it and watched it on the flight home after we watched it during our trip, you know, six days later. Um, I've already, like, I've been thinking about it. I'm like, this is a movie I'll turn on whenever. If I'm hanging out with any of my little cousins, like Jameson, I mean, he won't really understand most of it and laugh at it, but... Just throw it on real quick. Um, it, I I would want to rewatch this movie. It, it's great. It's a great film. It's one of my favorite animated movies I've seen in a long time. Yes, there's movies like Soul, Deeper Meaning, and you know, Wally's obviously fantastic. But that movie came out twelve fucking years ago. Um, this movie was probably my favorite animated movie I've seen since Spider Verse, and even this as a heartfelt, warm watch, I probably would prefer over Spider Verse. Uh, you know, I, I really like Spider-Verse either way, but um, I don't know, man. It was good. It was fucking good. I loved it. Yeah, 17 is a fucking hard score to get Yeah, um, from enjoyment. And I I really liked it, especially because, like, it doesn't have a specific audience. It's not like a movie that was made for us, like a, you know, Marvel film where we're going to fucking love it or, you know what I mean? Let's it's made kinda, for everyone. And that's kind of hard to be a really, really, like, like someone's favorite film when it's made for everyone when yeah. you cast that wide net it's hard to capture someone in it yeah um like so aggressively but it does it does indeed. it's very very good um it's one of my favorite animated films recently for sure 
The issue is there's been a lot of really good animated yeah. films here recently. Yeah. Um, and it, I will say for being like a non-Pixar, it absolutely holds up. Yeah. Against those fantastic Pixar films. Yeah. And it could easily be better than Luca or some of the other ones coming out later this year. And those could be good. You know, I don't know. But this one absolutely will be in the conversation at the end of the year for, you know, best animated picture, I feel like. Oh, for sure. It's, you know, we already have Raya and this, um, you know, going to be battling next year. And then Luca, like you mentioned. And is there another Pixar movie coming out this year or is that the Pixar one? Luca, I think, is Pixar. I don't remember. I, I want to say there is. But I can't think of it. It's Pixar, I think. I mean, we just look at, like, the list of movies that have come out. Um, this is 2022. 2021 and 2020. Why does all these have different Wikipedia pages? That is so inconvenient. Oh, Turning Red is next year. The, the panda one. Oh, God. There's so many of these. Never mind. I'm not going to read all these. Okay, highest grossing from last year. I mean, we had Soul, Onward. Crude's a new age. Oh, damn that thing. How did that make so much money? How did Soul make so much money? Really? Because that was a, wasn't that a pay to watch? That was just a release. Wow. It says it made $117 million. Um, You know, Soul, oh. Onward. And, and Kanto? Encanto? It's just Disney animation. It's coming out this year. Encanto, yeah. So there's Encanto and there's Luca. Are the two Disney one's Pixar, one's Disney animation, but like I I, I don't know the, the my favorite animated movie on like I really like this movie again we I talk, uh Soul Onward uh Ray we just watched uh the year before that was Toy Story four Frozen two I mean Frozen two whatever um, Toy Story four a little bit of a letdown Lego Movie two was good not as good as one um, Secret Life of Pets two was just one of the weirdest movies I've ever watched in my life <laughs> uh, it didn't even feel like a movie. Um, felt like I was in there for 10 minutes and it was just over. There was like no story. Um, Into the Spider-Verse 2018, probably my favorite since Into the Spider-Verse. And again, just from a pure enjoyment, turn it back on. I, I don't know which one I favor. I mean, 2018, you know, they also had Incredibles 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Hotel Transylvania 3. Um, th those movies I like. I think they're a little underrated. The Grinch. Um, it, it There's a lot. And I, I just, I really enjoyed this movie. I don't know, man. Something I, about it. I agree, but I think where me and you differ is it falls into this category of really liked animated films and doesn't stand out above any of them for me. Yeah. Um, it's right there with Raya and Onward and Soul for very different reasons for each one of them. Yeah. But they're all fucking so good. And it this doesn't. This one was kind of similar to Onward. Yeah, it kind of had yeah. the family vibe to it, but Onward had its own unique. You know, mythical elves and yeah. shit going on. This is just family and robots, I guess. Yeah. I guess that's unique. Um, it falls right into that category for me in terms of the best animated movie since Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, it's it's with those four, which leads me to my next point. What's your score, Jay? My score is an 88 out of 100. You gave it an 88. I graded Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, spoiler, if we ever do a future review, I'm just ruining this right off the bat. 89. Okay, that's fair. So, for me, I, I on the end of the Spider Verse is a 90 plus for me. Yeah. Without doing the scale, I, it's fucking fantastic. But, so I give it an 88, uh, 86 for a final score of 87. Mm hmm. 
which if we look like i said it kind of falls into the uh animated category for me of those four movies mm-hmm. i gave mitchell's and oh, hold on i gave soul in 85 mitchell's and the machines in 86 onward in 87 raya in 88 okay they are all exactly one point apart okay yeah however you liked it so much more than some of the other ones that it is our it's top animated yeah, I gave it four points higher than Raya, three points higher than Onward, and two points higher than Soul. Which is fair. It's right there with those for me. I mean, yeah, 87, 86, 86, 85 and a half is those. Mitchell's 87, Raya 86, Onward 86, Soul 85 and a half. Uh, that feels like a quality order. I think Soul, Onward, and then Mitchell's and Raya are all fucking great animated films. And to each their own, whichever one you like more. Um. They're good fucking movies, and this was a really good fucking movie. Yeah, man. I It brought my average back up to 69.1. Our average was shrinking because you gave the movie we watched last week a higher score than me. Um, it was shrinking. I was watching it because you always give me shit that I rate movies too high. What movie we watched last week? I don't even remember. Without Remorse. I can't find it. I can't find It's Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. I did. Ten points higher. Oh. Yeah. That's right. So... I, I, I we were getting close. I was watching. It. I was like, okay, Todd gives me shit. I can't wait till we're tied. But now I pulled pulled back away a little. Eight sixty nine point one, sixty eight point three. That's so close. Come on, that's not even a full fucking point difference. That's a big difference when we've done seventy two movies, Jay. That's a point eight difference. Big difference. Yeah, it's our it's tied for our fourteenth ranked movie, number two animated, only behind Wally with a ninety two, which we agreed on. We both gave Wally a ninety two. It's it's tops. I will say Spider Verse. It's right there for me. Well, yeah, I gave Spider Verse eighty nine. I'm sure you give it like a ninety to ninety two. So yeah, it'd have like a ninety overall probably. I feel like I want to watch it and give it a scale because <laughs> it may be over ninety two. I love that movie. Well, you could next. It's week- up there with Infinity Wars movies. Like I just throw on all the time. Well, next week you could come back and just do a brief ranking. We don't have to go talk into it, but you could just read it for me. Um, actually, I'm going to change my Into the Spider-Verse real quick. It's now a 90. What'd you change? Uh, characters, I gave a plus one because I remember Spider-Ham. That was your favorite part of the movie. How did I you know. just remember I, Spider-Ham? I, I, I know. I just, I'm going to call bullshit. It's an 89 without Spider-Ham factored in for you, and now it only goes up one point. Spider-Ham well, feels like three points worth a person well, for characters you. is already so high, it's hard to. Wow. It, 90 is a great score. It's a fantastic score. Um, um, that's going to be hard to do, though, Jay, if I come back, because we're doing Those Who Wish Me Dead next week. Well, yeah, you could just... No, I'm just It was just a way for me to say what we're doing next week. I'm going to do it. All right, so what's that film about? Those Who Wish Me Dead. It's a HBO Max. It's Tyler Plus Sheridan. theater release. Plus theater release. If you want to. Um, but Those Who Wish Me Dead is about people wishing someone dead, believe it or not. <laughs> It's like a forest fire kind of thriller. A teenage murder witness finds himself pursued by twin assassins in the Montana wilderness with a survival expert tasked with protecting him and a forest fire threatening to consume them all. Just seems like a clusterfuck of entertainment going on. (laughs) Uh, The movie um, Spiral is also coming out soon. Um, May 13th. We may review that down the line. Not next week, but... If you're interested in that movie, go watch it. We may talk about it when we don't have a movie to talk about in two weeks. Yeah. But that's this movie. Possibility. This movie, Angelina jo- Jolie, 
Ever heard of her? No. Uh, John Bernthal. Do you know who that is? Genuine, genuine question. No. This guy who played Punisher. Shit, he's in Ford vs. Ferrari. He's fantastic. Uh, Nicholas Holt played Beast in X-Men. Okay. Aiden Gillen. Don't know who that is. But then Tyler Perry. Heard of him. <laughs> uh, it just Wait, so this isn't Tyler Perry's Those Who Wish Me Dead? It's not. He's just a part of Those Who Wish Me Dead. Wow. When's the last time he was in a movie that wasn't a Tyler Perry movie? I don't know. It'll be great to see him in something Holt. good for once. What do you think his net worth is? It's ridiculous. He owns the Atlanta like movie studio. Just what uh, do you think it is? I'm going to guess like $800 million. One billion dollars. Yeah. No, he is just ridiculously stupid rich. And people know him from his not so funny movies. Um, but he is just like an a movie mogul. Good for him. Yeah, he's he's got a ridiculous amount of money. That's why you don't see him in a lot of shit, because he doesn't need to do shit. No, yeah, he doesn't make good movies because he'd rather just spend money making movies where he fucks around, dresses up as a woman the entire time. <laughs> And he's like, this is fun. I don't need the money. I'm just going to have fun recording this and laugh with my friends. How and many, more respect to him. How many fucking Medea movies are there? There's a lot of Medea movies. 11th? Oh, and final installment of the Medea film series. There's been 11 Medea movies. It's <laughs> I hate him so much, but he's a fucking billionaire who dresses like a woman and makes, like, fart jokes. Good for him, man. And I'm, I'm jealous. Do don't get me wrong. <laughs> I would love to live that life. If I could dress up in a dress and just fuck around on set and be a billionaire, I'd do it. <laughs> fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Good for Tyler Perry. I You could you could have told me he was worth like $50 million and I would have been like, okay, that makes sense. A billion dollars. Billion That's insane. Dollars. Those Who Wish Me Dead. Tyler's little Into the Spider-Verse movie scale just for fun to see where it ranks. And any movie news that drops. Who knows? There's going to be big news next week. I can feel it. Big news? Oh, did you see that still of Leonardo DiCaprio in, his, in the new movie that he's working on? Leonardo DiCaprio. I saw the Tom Cruise on the train for Mission Impossible. No, it was. Okay, so it went viral on Twitter because this account tweeted, Leonardo DiCaprio looks unrecognizable in this still from this upcoming movie, a Martin Scorsese film. The New York Post, Leonardo DiCaprio, unrecognizable in first photos of new Scorsese film, and it just looks like Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I, can't, I can't find it, but it just could be any of these because look up, it looks like Leonardo and all Look up Leonardo DiCaprio and then just click the news tab. It's the first one from the New York Post. I'm hoping an auto video doesn't play. It just looks like Leo, just a little grizzled and like kind of skinny. <laughs> <laughs> He's unrecognizable. I got a haircut. <laughs> he does look a little wrinkly, but I think it's just bad lighting. I that's not unrecognizable. That he just looks a little older and has different hair. Yeah, they just put some fucking aging makeup on him and <laughs> Or they just didn't put makeup on him. Oh. That's actually what Leo looks like, ladies. <laughs> How old is Leo? He's gotta be up there, but he did start acting young, but I'm gonna guess like forties. Forty six. Not as old as I thought. I thought he was like 52. Yeah, 46 sounds right. Um, I don't know. There's going to be big movie news. I could feel it in my veins. Feel it in my veins, not fill it. I can't wait to talk about that big movie news next week, Jay. Me neither, buddy. Mitchell's Rich Machines, go watch it if you haven't already. If you listen to this whole podcast um, without watching it, uh, thank you. And go watch it because you're missing out. Yeah, I mean, we didn't. It's, it's hard to give you the best parts to spoil it. Like, you know what's going to happen. You know it's fun. But you aren't going to enjoy the laughter that you're hearing like, we enjoyed it. It's not spoiled. You'll still have a blast oh, listening yeah. to that laughter. 
Absolutely. And all the jokes and everything. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Oh, Ty. Sup? Hold up. Wait a minute. Random movie. I didn't do this last week. Last week was the week, too. I was feeling it. Oh, you, you think you were going to I would have got it, right? it last week. Oh, gosh. We'll never on. know now, but I would have got it last week. I'm not prepared. We got to do our random movie Rotten Tomato score. Oh, man, Ty. I'm just not prepared. <sighs> That's all right. I'm just going to get my brain juices flowing. I'm ready to guess. Why is there no big actors named Mitchell? Mitchell? Yeah. Give me a movie with Mitchell Trubisky in it. I don't think there is one. That's probably fair. Hard Knocks? They're on <laughs> Hard Knocks? No, it's a show, but it's an HBO show. Okay, Ty. Here, here's what we're going to do. You know, um, here, here's what we're going to do. So, what was taking over in this film? Earth. What, well, what was taking over Earth? A phone. Okay, more what what was doing the phone's bidding? The robots. What is the I, I specifically the machines? Okay, well what is the best thing to counteract errant robots? Water. RoboCop. Okay. <laughs> the RoboCop remake from 2014 that I actually saw in theaters with my grandma Coco. Does that have uh Joel Joel Kinnaman in it? Oh god, you're asking quite Yes. Yeah, he's he's the guy in Suicide Squad. The remake of RoboCop. That movie bel- fucking sucks. Have you seen it? Yeah, the remake? Yeah. That sucks. I saw it in theaters with Grandma Coco. What do you think Tomato Meter is? I'm going to give it like 17%. I think it sucks, and I think it was a remake of a beloved movie. And so a lot of people downplayed it. I'm going to go 17%. 48. No fucking chance. 48 Tomato Meter. No 49 fucking audience. chance. At I, 48%? Maybe I'm hating on it too much. I've only seen it like once. It was a long time ago. I didn't like it. 48? 17 was a low score that I was willing to give it. <laughs> yeah, that's 31 points difference. I feel like it was a shit movie. Like My logic was there. I thought it was a bad movie, and a bad movie of a remake of a good movie. It usually does terrible. Yeah, you're correct on that. Like, if it was a worse movie, like, I feel like, what did it get? 48. There was a range from like 48 to 70 it could have got. But then if it got anything worse than a 48, it was in the 20s. <laughs> <laughs> I get like there was saying. no scenario where this movie ends up at 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got 221 reviews as well. That's crazy. Yeah. You were kind of far off this time, Ty. Maybe I'm sorry. Week. My fucking – I was getting right on the bullseye, and then you made me take a week off. I'm sorry. I, I was on vacation. You didn't bring it up. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's just unfortunate. All I'm going to say. Um, I can say Armin White has not reviewed – uh, Mitchell's versus the machines, but he did review uh, Godzilla versus Kong. What do you give it? Rotten. That's one that felt like it could go either way. Yeah, I don't hate him for that. He did give Zack Snyder's Justice League a fresh. I don't like that. I agree with him. <laughs> I'll say it. I don't like it. <laughs> That's all I got for you, Ty. Um, yeah, those who wish me dead. HBO Max are in theaters. Big movie news next week. Yep. Be good, friend, everybody.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.